0: the point is that if you have an unhealthy view of sexuality, and you read the Song of Solomon, it is going to bother you because you don't think that God should be that free and that marriage should be that enjoyable. Mm -hmm. All right, Mark and Grace Driscoll here with the uh, Real Marriage Podcast. And hey, Valentine's Day is coming up. So this is a little special bonus episode. Um, You want to tell them a little bit about the big EXO marriage event coming up, and then I'll tell them about what we're going to be teaching. And they can join us in uh, Texas, Grapevine, Texas, and or online for this event.
1: Yeah, it's the biggest marriage conference of the year, and you can watch it at home, like you said, or in Texas, uh, February 11th and 12th. And there's going to be a lot of great speakers at it.
0: Yeah, it's the... Uh, <clears throat> Apparently, breathing is now something that I'm struggling with. <laughs> uh, it, it is, I think it's the largest marriage event in the country. It might be the largest marriage event in the world every year. And we're really honored to be a part of it. And so, uh, are you going to, we haven't figured this out yet. Like, there's a session. Am I teaching it alone or are you wanting to do it with me? We still haven't figured this out.
1: I don't know. We'll figure it
0: out. Okay. Um, well,. <laughs> Here's what I'm thinking about talking about. So I'll spring it on you and, and we can have a conversation and uh, and they can see if we really talk about this at the event. So I was thinking that we would do a session, uh, kind of an introduction overview of a book of the Bible. So mm-hmm. if you had to guess, which book of the Bible might that be?
1: Uh, Song of Solomon? Oh, I was
0: going to do Leviticus, <laughs> but okay, we'll go with Song of Solomon. So um, it is... Uh, it is the most controversial book of the Bible. I think maybe like Revelation is the most debated. I think um, Romans is 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 the most um, discussed and exegeted. Song of Solomon in the Bible is the most controversial mm-hmm. because uh, it is pretty frank without being crass. Mm-hmm. And do you remember the first time that I or we taught through the Song of Songs? This was a long time ago. It's also yeah. called the Song of Solomon, and it, it means the greatest hits. It's like the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, the Song of Songs. It's the best of the best.
1: Yeah, it was the first time I ever had to go onto stage, and I had to do Q&A impromptu for all the questions that were coming in after you'd preached the sermon.
0: I forgot about that. This is where I should I probably so apologize. Yeah, <laughs> I taught it early on in ministry uh, to a bunch of single college students, um, who were very frustrated because- they <laughs> were al- not
1: nice yeah. you. Yeah, <laughs> here's all the things you, you can't, can't do. do.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very frustrating. It's all your Christmas presents are in glass boxes. You know, I can't open them. Um, and then I did teach it and uh, called the sermon series The Peasant Princess. And um, it was the most downloaded, listened to, popular by a mile sermon series <laughs> I've ever done. And I got in so much trouble for going through that book of the Bible. I
1: can imagine what.
0: I know. And it's like, well, are there any other books of the Bible that we're not supposed to teach? I don't understand. <laughs> but the reason that it is such a debated and controversial book, it is ancient Hebrew poetry, It precedes Socrates, Plato, Aristotle. Philosophy didn't start with the Greeks. It started with the Hebrews and Song of Solomon and love and Ecclesiastes, the meaning of life and Job, the problem of suffering. And the Song of Solomon or Song of Songs, depending upon which title you prefer. It's a series of poetic love songs, love letters between a husband and a wife
1: and uh, and before they were married a little.
0: well it starts just before they're married and they're really looking forward to getting married Mm -hmm. and then it shows their wedding day and then their marriage night consummation and then they get get, they get in a fight Mm -hmm. a little later in the book and then they go on vacation to a place called in getty and and then at the end of the book they sort of look back on their life and and the life that they've lived together um, yeah, the first time I taught it, I, I did, I forgot all about that. I brought you on the stage to answer questions impromptu that mainly 20 something college kids were asking.
1: Yeah. Gosh, that was a terrible and thing. And I didn't do public speaking at that point. <laughs> well,
0: and what a way to start, start <laughs> to on a stage, <laughs> live streaming people's sex questions. Yeah. Man, mm-hmm. you did such a great job though. So uh, when when you were growing up in church, you were a pastor's daughter. Um, did you guys spend a lot of time going through the Song of Solomon?
1: Zero. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: why do you think uh, most Christians growing up, they don't even know that book is in the Bible?
1: I think most Christians don't have a healthy view of sexuality. Boom. Okay, let's talk about that. That's a great...
0: Um, So how would they err? most Christians or most Christian teaching?
1: Uh, That you either, you know, do it to procreate. It's not supposed to be for enjoyment. It's a necessity. Um, You know, it's, they believe it's for marriage, but then don't always practice that. Um, Yeah, that it's, it's just a necessary thing that God told us to do, but you know it's it's wrong to enjoy it
0: yeah it's a it's a uh it's a population requirement <laughs> yeah. it's an unfortunate
1: tragic population
0: requirement um and the song of songs talks a lot about sex the whole thing is about sex and love and romance zero times does it mention children. Mm-hmm. And so the Bible does say, be fruitful, multiply, increase the number, fill the earth, subdue it. And so, you know, baby making is one of the outcomes of love making. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, in the Song of Songs, it doesn't say anything about kids. And so it's just sex for pleasure and marriage. Mm-hmm. That's the that's the focus of the book. Um, and uh, I'll ask you if you remember, uh, and, and just so you guys know, too, we're we're working on a, a book on the Song of Solomon we did a date night curriculum. We called it Real Romance. Uh, that We showed at Trinity Church in Scottsdale where we pastor and uh, we would do a little talk and then we'd watch the kids. And uh, during the summer, the couples could have a free date night and we'd watch their kids and give them- We
1: didn't watch the kids, but the church people watched them. Yeah, kids. Yeah. No, no.
0: Let me just make that clear. If you need a date, do not drop your kids off at my house. I am not. I am not offering to watch your kids. Um, and so- Uh, And it it went well. And so we're writing a book on the Song of Songs and uh, helping couples study this book of the Bible together. And the goal is to release it around uh, Valentine's Day next year with XO and Marriage Today. And so at the uh, conference this year, we're going to be doing some introduction and overview um, of the book. So for those who may not be familiar with it, um, do you remember who speaks first in the book, the male or the female? She does. She does. And who speaks most in the book? She does or he does? She
1: does.
0: She does. And so a lot of times we think, well, you know, sex is what men think about and talk about. Well, in this book, she's got a lot to say and she's she's real specific. Like she's not shy at all. And if she was shy, she got over it quickly. Um, and so what kind of shocks people is it's a book that's now 3,000 years old. It's ancient Hebrew poetry in a very conservative society based mm-hmm. on the Ten Commandments. Mm-hmm. And um, here is a married couple talking real clearly about some things that they like to do or want to try. And she speaks first and she speaks most and she speaks real clear. And if my memory's right, she starts the book, uh, Let Him Kiss Me with the mm-hmm. Kisses of His Mouth. It's mm-hmm. like, well, howdy. I mean, it's that, <laughs> quite a hello. And that goes against a lot of the prudish religious teaching that that sex isn't for a husband and a wife and that it's not something that a husband and a wife should think about or talk about. Um, The book was so controversial in the ancient world that the uh, some of the rabbinical scholars would not allow the Jews to read it until you met one of two criteria you were married or thirty. So, like for your thirty, like you're 21 now. You're like, I got to drink. Then you're like, I'm 30. I get to read the book. It was like your big, you know, it's your big, big reward. Um, and for those who may not be uh, familiar with the book, um, I don't know if you're comfortable saying it, but are there some things in there that are kind of like, whoa, I wouldn't have expected that in a book of the Bible.
1: Yeah, I mean, she like you said, she's frank about things and methods of sex and- She tells them, like, you need mm-hmm, to do this, I mm-hmm, like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I was shocked to know that that was in the Bible <laughs> <laughs> and why, why specifically that book was even included. I mean, what does that mean, you know? Because God wants us to enjoy our marriages. Yeah.
0: And the naked without shame mm-hmm. command in Genesis. And then Song of Songs is kind of a commentary on what that looks like. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, um, and it, it, it makes sense to me because if God tells us, you know, I made you male and female and I made marriage and I made sex and you're supposed to be naked and no shame. And, and so here's sex. But if God doesn't speak any more on it, then the only place we have to go is into the world mm-hmm. and the teaching we're going to get is probably catastrophic for Ugh, the marriage. Horrifying. So like if God doesn't speak about it, where else are you supposed to learn about mm-hmm. it? But the problem in the book becomes there are certain points that are so free and frank that the oh, the Bible <laughs> teachers, the religious scholars, um, and sometimes they're eccentric people.
1: Well, I mean, in Pastors do have mixed audiences, so they need to walk the fine line because not all parents want their kids to learn it from the pastor.
0: <laughs> that, it's funny that you would say that to me. I don't know <laughs> if I have ever walked the fine line. I run over it vigorously. I dance on it mockingly. I don't respect it publicly. Um, and uh, I mean, but it it is... Uh, it is a book that talks about um, getting away to En mm-hmm. which is an oasis and how to make your marriage an oasis. It has a lot of pillow talk where after mm-hmm. they're intimate, they're flirting with one another. It uses, uses
1: fruit and food for <laughs> getting worked up.
0: <laughs> yeah, it does talk about certain foods in the ancient world that were mm-hmm. considered aphrodisiacs. Mm-hmm. Um, she says that he is like an apple tree and his fruit mm-hmm. is sweet to my taste mm-hmm. and you're like mm, okay um, <laughs> and uh, and and it's it's a very frank very free very um, sort of surprising book and so as a result some of the more religious commentators and the people that are more conservative than God um, they <laughs> They say, there's no way we can take this literally. Even the scholars who'd be like, we need to take the Bible literally. You hand them that book, they're like, well, not Except this for one. for this. <laughs> not this one. This
1: gets all money. But it's is- creepier if you take it as how God loves us. So I'm not sure how they
0: <laughs> yeah, <I agree. laughs>
1: try and get away with but that. But
0: they'll do weird stuff. Like she says, my beloved is to me like, uh, I always forget how to say the word of oh, the blank of myrrh. <laughs>
1: Oh. I said it wrong in the sermon
0: years ago, the sachet. Sachet, yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I, okay. That um, was
1: right. Good job. Good, I,
0: I feel like a big boy. I said a <laughs> word right. So she says, uh, my beloved is to me like a sachet of myrrh resting between my breasts. <laughs> well, then you should just see what the PhDs, <laughs> like the the guys who lived in the library and yes. are very pale because they've never seen the sun. <laughs> They're doing their Hebrew word studies. So They're like, oh my gosh, that's a... That's a lot. So what they they come up with these crazy translations like uh this is the Holy Spirit between wow. uh, the mercy seats on the Ark of the Covenant. <laughs> um they also one of them is that this is Christ resting between the old and new testaments, which wow. give us the pure milk
1: of God's wow. Word. Wow. All right. That is I know. It's like we gotta a drug stretch.
0: test the Bible commentators. <laughs> and so um the point is that if you have an unhealthy view of sexuality and you read the Song of Solomon, it is going to bother you because mm-hmm. you don't think that God should be that free and that marriage should be that enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Yep. And when the Bible says, don't be conformed to the pattern of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of the mind, part of that is is like if God says something, then that is something that we need to learn. Mm-hmm. And if we read it and we go, I disagree with God, then, then we're wrong, and we need to renew our mind yeah. and If God is saying, "Here's an example of a couple having a conversation, then these are the kinds of conversations that couples probably should be having mm-hmm. yeah. and um and so, yeah, so I, I don't know, I haven't landed on this yet they they wanted us for this episode to talk about what we're going to talk about at the conference. What do you think about uh, what do you think about my idea that I just field tested of doing an introduction and overview of the song of songs?" in lieu of the book and curriculum we've got coming out.
1: Yeah, I think that could be helpful to people.
0: Are you gonna do it with me or just gonna make me stand up there and talk about all of no, this? No, we'll see. All right, great. So pray for Grace and I, and I'm sure it'll be not awkward for me to give a global <laughs> sex talk on Valentine's Day by myself as my wife sits in the front row. And,
1: I'll say amen. Yeah,
0: and block people on social media, that's great. <laughs> All right. Well, um, we'd love to have you join us either live in Grapevine, Texas, uh, February 11th and 12th or online uh, for this great conference. And um, I think this is perhaps what I might be talking about with or without you. (laughs) You want to pray for their Valentine's Day and we'll close our our time that way.
1: Dear Lord, thank you for this opportunity to speak into marriages. Thank you for um, just what you've laid out in your word for us as a guide and as principles to follow and you give us freedom and methods. But Lord, I just pray for these couples that are listening. I pray for the couples that are coming to the conference and listening to the conference that you would just help them grow in areas that are needed. Just one, two steps, Lord, just somewhere um, moving forward in their marriages toward oneness, Lord, that they would enjoy their relationships, that they would look to you to show them where they need that oneness and where um, the enemy is trying to divide, Lord, that they would repent together, that they would, um, enjoy and laugh together the moments that you give them that lord they would desire to walk um, unified uh, because you give us the ability to do that through the power of the holy spirit and just change our desires if they're not for you and for each other lord so bless these couples and and look after them in jesus name amen